Hello, and welcome to season two of Between Two Term Sheets, where we meet with prominent investors, founders, venture builders, and accelerators to discuss early stage funding in the high technology space. Our host is Owen Matthews, founder, CEO, serial investor, and chairman of Alacrity Canada. Welcome again to another episode of Between Two Term Sheets. Uh, we're talking today with Saba, our guest that's joining us, dialing in from Vancouver. Saba, do you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. I'm Saba. See you at Sprocket. And tell us a little bit about Sprocket. We're going to talk today about the uh, the fundraising process that you went through. Give me a high-level overview of what Sprocket does. Sure. So it's actually Sprocket. There's no R. Everyone does that mistake, even Google. Uh, so it's basically stored in your pocket. Uh, it's S and pocket. Uh, so uh, basically, they started Spocket uh, almost uh, one and a half year ago, January 2017. And uh, the reason that I started Spocket was because I was building my own e-commerce shop. And I reached out to almost 400 suppliers on Etsy.com and Fancy.com, asked them to work with me and offer me some discount to sell their products. But almost 99% of them turned me down because uh, it was just too much of a manual process. So I was thinking that what if I automate this process and maybe I can automate it for myself and 10 other people in the world. Uh, but as soon as we launched it, uh, we got hundreds of shops started using us within the first month. And uh, that's how we started, uh, how the Spocket started growing in the market. So let me paraphrase that back to you just so everybody can can catch up. Because you know you you ran through a pretty complicated business very quickly. Sure. What you were doing was running your own e-commerce store, and you wanted to add products to your e-commerce store, and you were speaking to people that were providing products, and it was difficult for them to add you. So you wanted to automate that, and quickly realized that that in its own right would be a business. Sure. There was like yeah, multiple problems uh, when I was wanted, when I wanted to work directly to suppliers. Uh, first of all, I have to reach out to hundreds of suppliers and uh, convince them to work with me and negotiate a discount with them, which the majority of them didn't accept because I was just one e-commerce shop and they couldn't offer 20-30% discount just for one e-commerce shop. The other problem was, so I had to get the information of the products, for example, the description, variants, sometimes can go up to 2,000 variants, and put them on my store one by one. I could go out of stock, and there was no way that I could manage uh, the inventory update. And there was, like, tens of other problems. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so basically I was thinking that what if I build a platform that allows thousands of other online retailers to come, find discounted product, and push them to their store with one click. Inventory management is all uh, real-time updated. As a fund, we always like, you know, something that has a known and quantifiable demand. Mm-hmm. In, in this case, you had an understanding of the customer demand because you were an example of the customer. You were an e-commerce store. You were looking to add products that you knew would work or had a pretty good idea that would work for your e-commerce store. But you had a challenge getting the the many suppliers to both give you discounts as well as managing inventory as well as managing the descriptions and the sizes and all of the different variations. So you thought, why don't I just build a platform so I can get discounts for many e-commerce stores and offer the same sort of inventory management and, and product description and variation management, and that would become a platform. So you, so you went from running an e-commerce store, trying to expand it and coming across problems, 
and developing what you needed, and it grew very quickly. Exactly. Oh, excellent, excellent. Well, that that is that that's a great uh, catch up on what the business is. When when things are growing, often they need money, so you had to go about a an equity <laughs> fundraising. How, how quickly did that happen? Uh, so it actually happened very quickly. Uh, so we launched the beta version of Spock in January 2017. And uh, almost three months after a local VC in Vancouver uh, came to me and it's like, we see that you guys are growing very well. Uh, what if we make an investment in a company? Uh, so we had a conversation for about a couple of days. I think it was around a week. And then they decided to put half a million dollars in our company. And at that time, we were making almost $100 per month. So the revenue wasn't a much, but the growth rate was great. We spoke earlier, and this investor was somebody that was knowledgeable in the space, which is always very valuable. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the, the investor, uh, they've been part of e-commerce for uh, multiple times, and uh, they're actually part of like some uh, very big e-commerce platforms. They, they, they knew the market very well, and they could see the future for the platform. Always important to have strategic investors that understand the space, far better than just money. For somebody that is approaching the market of a VC, give some advice to, to the entrepreneur who is the first-time fundraiser. Having growth and knowing that you need the money to fuel that growth is a good position to be in. So you had a working business. You were able to close around pretty quickly. What was the due diligence like? What was the process that you ran? You know, What did you think about pitch competitions? Did you even bother going in any? How did that happen for you? So in my experience, uh, it was it might be a bit of ex- exceptional experience. Maybe uh, not a one person of the entrepreneurs go through this path. But uh, what what I learned from another CEO that I talked to early on, uh, he told me uh, put hundred percent of your focus on your business. Do not go for these competitions or this pitch stuff. And that's what I did for that uh, first three four months. All I did hundred percent of my time, fifteen hours, sixteen hours a day just working on my business. And we showed like a really good growth that uh, there was no brainer for our uh, pre-seed round VC to come in and give us half a million dollars. And they made that decision uh, within a week. So in my experience, I never participated in any uh, pitch competition. Yeah, and I never actually aggressively uh, went after investors. What we put 100% of our focus on building the business and show the growth and investors would come after us. But one of the really uh, good examples, uh, I mean, one of the really great advices that they have for entrepreneurs was that, and this is uh, what I learned from like hanging out with a lot of other investors, a lot of other entrepreneurs was uh, a lot of them are looking for like a ratio of success in reaching out to VCs. For example, okay, so we reach out to 100 VCs and seven, eight of them reply to us and like maybe one one out of those seven, eight would actually invest. Uh, I don't think that's a really uh, right approach for like raising money uh, for multiple reasons. First, what you need to focus on 100% is your business. If your business is doing well, uh, investors will come after you. And the second thing, you should find the right investors. You, you can reach out to like 100 VCs and maybe 95 of them are not the right VC and fund for you. And they definitely would not invest in you and you're just wasting your time. It would be better that initially you do enough research about the funds that you want to reach out. And from the first place, you just reach out to those five that are interested in your market. And you know they would be, uh, they would be like a value. They're going to add value to your company as well. That's great advice. 
you know, we've spoken to many people who, who raise money. It, it can be an arduous process. It's always easier when things are going very well. There's no doubt about that. And the more you concentrate on your business, the easier it is to find investors. However, there's still a process. There's still understanding the language of, of investors, understanding what terms are kind of out there in the market. Uh, you know, it's, it's important to at least uh, speak to other investors and speak to other entrepreneurs and understand what's happening in the market. Definitely important mm-hmm. so, so you know that you're getting a fair deal. But concentrating yeah. on getting the right investor, far more important than, than trying to get a slightly higher valuation or, or other, you know, terms and stuff like that, that, that can be really confusing red herrings, uh, when what you want is, yeah. is the right partner. Yeah, that's 100% true. And, uh, one of the other things that I learned during Techstars, uh, we got into the Techstar program, uh, last year, uh, was that it's sort of, I mean, by talking to other, uh, the, CEOs that went through Techstar was that uh, if there are, for example, 100 VCs uh, that uh, you know you have the list of them and you know these 10 uh, that are really good fit for you, do not start your conversation with those 10. Start your conversation with the 10 VCs that you least uh, want them to be your partner. Uh, get that, get, that's your, how get you, your practice in. Get your practice in, and then when you're when you're ready, when you know all the details, all the deals, you know the numbers, you know the valuations, uh, then go talk to the top ten that you really want to be part of part of it. I, I also find too many companies, too many entrepreneurs go in, they focus on their pitch, and then there's questions about their business, and then the meeting's over. It's really mm-hmm. important that that the investor ask questions of the funder. What are you seeing in the marketplace? What kind of terms are you doing? What kind of multiples would you see for this type of business? What what companies like this have you invested in the past? That's all ammunition that you need for the next meeting or for the next fund you go and see. Exactly. Now, you, you went on to do another round. Took a little bit longer than the first one. Yeah. I'll bet that the, your first investor was critical in helping you put the second round together. 100%. I'll tell you a bit of history of our fundraising. So uh, we launched the beta version of Spock in January 2017, three months after we raised our pre-seed round, which was a half a million dollars. And then uh, almost six, seven months after we got into the Techstar program, uh, which Techstar Seattle. That helped a lot. Uh, that was amazing program for three months. Uh, so we got a bit of fund. Uh, we raised a bit of fund from... Uh, uh, take start as well uh, last January. And then after the, the three month program was over, now we went after the next round of fundraising, which was our seed round. Uh, it take, it took around two and a half, three months for us, uh, from when we actually started, uh, on fundraising. And I want, I wasn't even, uh, spending full time of my time on that. It was mostly part time, uh, two, three hours per day. Uh, and then yeah, after two and a half, Months, uh, we closed our seed round as well. And we got four, four VCs, uh, that wrote the, uh, the entire, uh, round for us. Now, was that, was that Canadian VCs? Was it American VCs? Did you find a difference? Uh, Did you have a strategy on, on who you were speaking to? 
Yeah, we actually did. Uh, so we had like pretty good interest for our seed round. So I had to pick like who I want to have in our deal. Uh, one of the main factors for me was uh, region of the VC. So where they actually located. I didn't want to have all of the VCs in West Coast, and I didn't want all of the all of the VCs to be in Canada or in the US. Uh, so we did a mix. So we found West Coast VC in Canada, uh, an, an investor from. Uh, San Francisco, uh, and we found two VCs from East Coast. So that would help us for the next round. Uh, if we want to raise like a bigger round, then we have access to the, to uh, both West Coast and East Coast, Canada and US. That's great. The process you went through in Seattle, I've heard some of the advantages of going through those uh, those kind of accelerator programs really revolves around the network and the community. That's true. I would say that's the biggest value that you get when you're joining one of these accelerators. Because mm-hmm. uh, they, you, especially uh, the one that we joined, because uh, it's like international, it's pretty big, uh, you're connected pretty much to anyone in the world if you need introduction to. So, yeah, the networking community is amazing. Yeah, you don't necessarily go through that program and expect a you know, multi-million dollar check at the end of it, but certainly you'll get the advice needed to help get you there. Exactly, exactly. And those uh, that three months, uh, three, four months that you are part of the program is a pretty tough time. You work really hard. So your company actually grows really uh, fast in, in that three months. I see that uh, for like many different companies because mm-hmm. you're under pressure to actually perform well. Mm-hmm. Well, they're also selecting companies that they think are, are going to break out a little bit because that's part of their model. <laughs> So they yeah, they, yeah. they get to They're go they selective. get to go through yeah. a selection process to yeah. to make sure yeah. that 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 you're you know you've got product market fit and and you're primed yeah. for growth. Yeah, hundred percent. I think they choose like ten out of hundreds or thousands of applications. Yeah. So they, they they're very selective for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So how are things going now? Uh, you know, your your last round was how long ago, and and growth continues. Yeah, so uh, our last round was almost uh, four months ago, and since then we tripled our revenue, and uh, everything is growing very well. We doubled our team in the past two months. Uh, we were adding another seven, eight uh, new team members uh, within the next two months, uh, moved to a new office, and yeah, everything is great, going very well. Well, I think you're an exciting. You're in an exciting space. There's no doubt that there's a shift to you know convenience, online shopping. That that's created an explosion of the number of stores that are online, and they all need products and they all need integrations. Ultimately, yeah. the, the manufacturers want to get more outlets, more distribution for their products. So yeah. you know, making it easy for more stores to sell their products. Sounds like a sensible thing to be doing. 100%. And uh, the, the really exciting part of this business is that uh, we're pretty much part of the fastest growing online market, which is e-commerce. E-commerce has been growing to $2.8 trillion uh, in the past 25, 30 years. And it's adding another $1.8 trillion in the next three, four years. So imagine like whatever has grown in the past 25 years is growing within the next four or five years. So it's a huge market. And it's growing really fast. Now, in that market, what's working for you? I know you bridge the gap between, you know, manufacturers accessing the products and, of course, the the stores that want to sell it. Is there opportunity for, like, boutique suppliers, you know, unique products? What's the stuff that's really driving sales for you? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we're pretty much covering all the categories at this time, uh, from fashion to electronics uh, to gifts. Uh, to some categories doing better than the others. Uh, but what is, what is very interesting that we have uh, built this platform that we're basically allowing anyone on the planet uh, starting their online business with zero upfront costs. Uh, Spocket uh, has a feature that allows you to push up to 25 products and you can start your business within a few hours and start selling products with 30 to 60% margin without any upfront costs. We're having holding any inventory. So that's the biggest value out of Spocket to the market to allow anyone on the planet to start the entrepreneurial uh, journey. Well, that's great. That's, and that's a great mission. You know, we we are transitioning to a to a different economy, and giving people the opportunity to earn a living from anywhere is uh, is exciting. What are the most important lessons that you've learned as you've gone through this process? Uh, so the biggest lesson that I've learned is that to not think about funding, you have to put hundred percent of your focus and time on on the business. At the time that I started Spocket, uh, I was working four different jobs. Uh, I was uh, teaching iOS, uh, teaching uh, iOS in in a local boot camp. Uh, I was making iOS apps. I was working at Sportcheck, and I was working full time on Spocket. That's how I was able to hire a co-op student to build the first beta version of Spocket. I didn't know about there are investors out there, and I certainly wasn't looking for one. Uh, I put hundred percent my focus on building my business, and after three months, I was able to raise a great amount of money. Uh, so my suggestion would be uh, to not think that if you don't have fun, if there is VCs not backing you up, you won't be able to build a business. At least for a couple of months, you have to put 100% of your focus on building your business and growing it. Yeah, I mean, one of the common misconceptions is, you know, if I just had the money, then I could build the business. It's a lot easier when you have the business and you can demonstrate that the money, you know, grows your business that that's much easier for the uh, for the investor to understand than the promise of if I just had the money then then you know then I could probably build this business. Hundred yeah. percent. That's that was uh, pretty much the the main reason that our uh, pre VC came in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just like with no money you guys build such a uh, great growth rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what if we actually give you guys five hundred thousand dollars? What would you guys do with that? Mm-hmm. So that was the main reason that if within a few days they actually decided to give us that much money. Great. Well, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Glad things are going well. Keep it up. You know, thanks so much for spending the time with us today. Yeah, thank you so much, Owen. That's it for today's show. You've been listening to Between Two Term Sheets. Our show is hosted by Owen Matthews, produced by Anya Vasotska, and brought to you by Alacrity Canada. Head to alacritycanada.com to find out more about Alacrity and our other initiatives. You can find more episodes of Between Two Term Sheets for free wherever you listen to podcasts.